Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, the most excellent host of all time, oh, no. and with me always is... James. And Brad is blacker and cooler today. Say <laughs> hi to everybody. What's up? <laughs> and if you're wondering why Brad sounds way more sexy, because it's actually Bree. Bree, welcome back, buddy. How's it going? Yeah. Hey, thanks thanks for having me back, man. Hey, why doesn't anybody else come? You know, you guys' show is so great, and I'm like, the only, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the only craze fan that always hooks up with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the touching. I think the touching scares people off. Um, you know, it is funny, because we, we do go, people see movies with us, right. and like, hey, come on the show, and uh, some people are afraid to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, after I listened to myself on the show, though, I was like, man, I didn't sound as good as I wanted to, but, <laughs> you know, I'm always like, man, I could have, you know, I didn't sound as witty as I wanted to be that time. I think that happens with a lot of people. I, I think my voice when I, when I'm on the show sounds way different than my actual voice when mm-hmm. I talk, but I probably don't. I'm just, no. I just have this grandiose version of myself. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I think jokey you on the show is... It you know like when Cora first met you mm. and like thought that you were a jerk in real life and really was really pleased to find out you were actually a nice guy. I think it's just that like you I know. you give off this arrogance on the show that I think it doesn't like not everybody net picks it up. I know. And I think it's funny because you know she's not the only one who said I was an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been told that I sound like an asshole oh. on the show. Um, Aaron's boyfriend Dan said I sounded intimidating. Yeah, yeah, he was like I, afraid to meet you. You didn't. I, I don't. I didn't think you sounded like an asshole. But initially, when I first <laughs> met you guys, I thought James was you, and you know, the, 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 the you know alternate personalities, sure. like, like face off. I, you know? I, what you're saying is I look more arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> when people see me, they go, "Look at this motherfucker going by." <laughs> that beard he is arrogant. So much yeah. of himself. He grows a beard. He He's must be arrogant. <laughs> what a dick bag. Totally a dick bag. Yeah, you know, bag of dicks. Wow, you're crass, James. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. My mom doesn't listen to this. Hey, man. I, she, I know. Obviously, James' mom says I'm really crass. And I, but I listen to the shows. I say, you know what? I don't think I cuss as much as no, James. No, I cuss more, but you say dirty things. Yeah, but still, you say worse things. You say, like, the fuck word. Ah, uh, Yeah, but the fuck word's not that bad. When I say fuck, it's P-H-U-C-K, so it's not the curse word. Oh, it's cool. It's yeah. the cool word. It's a cool word. It, it's basically like, you know, like Eddie Haskell, you know, you, you don't, you know, you hear friends with them, but you, you know, and hey, this is G, and, and you know, and then they hear you on the podcast, and they're like, Eddie Haskell, that's awesome. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, Brad, Brad posted that article about movies he wanted to see at the Alamo, mm-hmm. and in the post on Facebook, he said something about, like, um, Alamo having bigger balls and showing some of these movies. Right. Um, and when my mom read, all all I heard was um, first first I heard her yell, "The Alamo is showing batteries not included." And I was like, "Are you reading that article?" Because no, they're not. That article is about things we'd like to see there. <laughs> um, and she was like, "Oh." And then she goes, "Bigger balls, really?" And I was like, "That's the thing. Like that's where the bar is." her like that is balls bigger balls is enough to be like you said that on the internet (laughs) so your mom prefers small balls oh god damn it see (laughs) see this is why she thinks you're crass (laughs) oh you you set that up sir i didn't set that up you're right you're right i did let's hope none of our moms will listen to the show oh yeah i I cross my fingers every day if my mom found out the episode where i talk about being mounted by a horse my mom would disown me (sighs) i i really don't look forward to like my mom saying some of the the webisodes Um, uh there's really well i mean there's really (coughs) one that i 
don't want my mom to see. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the other one, it, it, the dildo's blurred out. So. The, yeah, it's just the dildo that's really going to... Like, when she sees it, she's just going to be like, oh, really? Yeah. You know? I, no, I think because the... The dildo is going to be blurred out. I think yeah. it's going to be the bruise that you drew on my face. That's really going to. I have not seen this video. Oh no, it's not out yet. It's not. It's out coming. Yet. It's oh, coming it's really coming. soon. That's a Christmas teaser. Oh, okay. That's a Christmas teaser. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't tell you who's in it, but there is a famous actor in it. Jonathan yeah. Durston <laughs> is in <laughs> our fifth cool, cool, episode cool. of. Uh, <laughs> you met Jonathan, right? Yeah, I met. I met him at uh, the uh, last uh, horror. Uh, yeah, horror, horror fest. He's a cool and, guy. And then um, I actually went back and started watching. Uh, was it summer? The summer sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp. And I, I was rooting for him because I was just like, yeah, he's you know punishing these dudes that are trying to <laughs> yeah. you know, molest children and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really good in it, and he was really cool. Um, can we talk about? I guess we, I guess we should wait till the episodes out. But yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about what we did with Jonathan, oh, cool. but you do yeah, know that Jonathan Tierston makes an appearance in episode five of and Milner's it's, it's Pod pretty Show, great. it's pretty great, which will debut January twenty eighth yeah. at uh, Open Screen Night. Cool. Brad's on the board there, so our sh- episode better get on to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <coughs> before I get started, I'm going to also mention that Anime Land Wasabi is taking place February 20... Gosh darn it. I'm so bad sometimes. <laughs> I believe it's 28th through March 2nd. Cool. At the Crown Plaza Hotel in downtown Denver. Well, it's on the outskirts of downtown Denver, but it's... Yeah. it's the DIA one, because it's like in between Denver and DIA. It's a really cool hotel. Their convention um, center's big. Uh, Bree, you were there. That's where the uh, Rocky Mountain Con okay. was. All right. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, they got a big space there. Yeah, the Anime Wasabi Land, Anime Land Wasabi, is, yeah, I was right, February 28th through March 2nd. So you're good at this. See, you just don't have the confidence. <laughs> yeah, every you got to bring some more arrogance into everything you do like I do. <laughs> every once in a while. Um, I mentioned them last week, and... Uh, we're actually kind of teaming up with them. We're still kind of getting all the Tetris pieces in place. Yeah. See how many lines we can clear. Hopefully five. And uh, <laughs> hey, how about that nerd reference, guys? Um, but I can tell you right now that it's a really cool thing. I was really thinking that it was just straight anime, you know, from Japan and right. things like that. But actually, I-, I told people last week that John DiMaggio will be there. And if you don't know who that is, he's Bender on Futurama. He's oh, in cool. tons of things. He voiced the Joker in Return of the Joker. <coughs> yeah. Um, so He's also uh, like Marcus Phoenix in the Gears of War games. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. And yeah. also Jeremy Shada, who is Finn on Adventure Time, is cool. the other guest of honor. Um, so it's basically all animation. Um, so I'm really excited because uh, I'll talk about what we've been watching this week. And uh, I, I started watching some more cartoons. Um, so, yeah, so you can go on to AnimeLandWasabi.com, buy tickets. Um, if you if you hurry up and get them, you can get special rates on the hotel there. Cool. So you can stay the weekend. And I know the convention hall's big. It's way bigger when we went oh, yeah. there than right. uh, the last time. So hopefully we can get a booth there. If not, um, I told the, the people that are organizing it, we'll definitely help them pimp it out. If you have any other questions, log on to AnimeLandWasabi.com. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can check it out. If you're in a local Denver Ace Area hardware store, make sure you pick up some Birdman barbecue sauce and also dry rub. It's the sauce, baby. It's really good. My favorite, they have two versions. They have original and spicy. I get spicy. Um, but it does have a kick to it, so you got to have big balls to eat the uh, spicy barbecue. we got to try it. And if you're in the neighborhood of Arvada, Colorado, and you want to go to a great comic store, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics... 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard. It's on the left-hand side. 
if you're coming north. If you're going south, it'll be on the right-hand side. West side, guys. <coughs> West side. Um, and if you're wondering, like, hey, quit pimping stuff. Tell us what your stupid podcast is about. Our pa- podcast is every week we go see a new movie. This week, we went and saw The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. And uh, so stay tuned. At the end of the show, we're going to review that. We will spoil the, epi- uh, the episode. We will spoil the movie for you. So we will say if you should go see the movie or not. We'll play the trailer, and then we'll spoil it. Also, what we've been doing lately that uh, I think is kind of cool is we've been inserting scenes from the movies into our podcast, so you can also get an idea of the tone of the movie. Yeah. Um, we we sift through, because we're media, the promotional stuff we're given from um, certain movie companies, and this week it's obviously Warner Brothers. Oh, cool. And uh, me and James picked this certain clip that we'll talk about later yeah and we also have comic books james has a comic book for us this week i do um we'll also talk about things we've been watching box office numbers blu-rays that are coming out (coughs) um movie news but i like to start every episode with fan mail fan mail you know what i love when someone I haven't heard from in a long time emails us. Yeah. And Man, I was afraid Dan had just fallen off the edge of the world. Well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Got sucked into that like, We had horrible. Like sex with some woman, and then a robot killed him. And he's, he'll be like, you guys are horrible. Uh, I'm never going to talk to you guys again. Yeah, or that one. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I he... I like the time travel one. He went ahead and... Um, because lately we've been having a discussion on our show. I don't know if you listened to the last couple ones, Bree. Um, but Brad watched Terminator 3. Right. And me and James have been saying that Terminator 3 isn't that bad of a movie. Yeah. And um, Brad has a lot of issues with it. Um, so Dan wrote in about feedback for Terminator 3. Cool. Uh, he says, greetings. Your discussion on Terminator 3 was rather interesting, and it is a much maligned film. I feel inclined to defend it. All right. Hey, Dan. I love what I love when you take my side. Um, first, as much as I like T2, it's an overly praised film that has its share of issues. In fact, if one were inclined to nitpick, T2 probably has just as many continuity errors as T3 has. Oh, I agree. Um, one thing that I appreciate about T3 is it's a no holds, how no holds bars, barred it is. Everything comes into play during the Terminator battles, and the film has a good sense of humor about itself. But for me, all the flaws are forgiven due to the incredible ending reveal which is brilliantly executed, offering an ingenious explanation as to why John Connor is so important. I agree. Yeah. Uh, when I watched this movie and they revealed that no matter what happens, Skynet is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You go through this whole thing, and T2 was, you know, they're going to prevent it, and they did everything they could, but it's inevitable. Um, <laughs> it, it's a great yeah. kind of shock ending. And it's it's kind of a sad ending because then you realize that humanity is doomed in this. Yeah, but it's also like the execution of the original idea of Terminator. Like mm-hmm. I I really feel like T two um, T two has always bugged me because it flies in the face of the premise of that first movie, which is that like it's this you know circular history thing where mm-hmm. the time travel itself creates its own future, and I think that's really cool. So if we live in a world where John Connor has ever been born then we have to live in a world where Skynet happens. Right? Yeah, right. You know, like, it's just... Yeah. Um, and it's just an interesting place to take that story. If it it's is just spinning your wheels of, like, and another machine comes back to try to kill John Connor before the end of the world. Like, it just... Um, it loses something. It is know? a bummer Brad isn't here to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but he's not, so fuck him. <coughs> um, 
I still think uh, saying that I think Terminator Two is a really cool movie. Oh, I think it's really well done. Um, but and Dan goes great. on to say that Terminator Three is a weaker film than the first two, but it's a thoroughly entertaining action thriller. I agree. And given the uh, the corner that the series was backed into, T three found a good way to not only continue the saga but integrate modern technology into Cameron's passe eighties vision of computers and AI. Regards, Dan. Dan, thanks for writing again. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. <laughs> it's funny. I um, just yesterday I was actually thinking about this because um, I was sort of going through my my Blu-ray collection has grown quite a bit with mm-hmm. Black Friday and all that. Um, so I was. I have limited shelf space. So what I do is when I get more Blu-rays, I comb through my DVDs for movies that I really don't need on DVD anymore and put them in a stack that I then take to Trades Martin trade-in for right. Blu-rays. Um, and I realize that I have T2 on Blu-ray mm. and I have T3 on DVD and I think I'm going to give it to Trades Martin trade it in for something else. Right. And it, I think as much as I have defended T3, the fact that I have Terminator 2 on Blu-ray because it's gorgeous and awesome and Terminator 3 on DVD and I might just go ahead and get rid of it, it goes ahead and says something definitive about like, okay, I, I still understand that movie is better. Right. Um, but... You can get. No I think, to I hate think so you get the Blu-ray that. for T3 for probably five dollars. Okay. Yeah. I, I think at Target it's five bucks right <laughs> now. I think it's in their five dollar little section they have. I mean that would defeat my my spiel there about how that movie is still well, not as good as T2. But still, you you get my point. Yeah. Like you guys are making me want to watch that movie because when it initially came out, I really slept on it. I think mm-hmm. I. I think I watched a little bit of it and, and just got distracted and went off doing something else. So, you know, hearing this stuff about that movie um, makes me want to watch it again. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's a movie where, um, and Brad's right, there's a lot of there's silly stuff in there and, you know, just like little dumb things on the surface. But it's a movie where if you see past all of that, the sort of bones of that movie are wicked smart um, and really could have been something cool. Um and you know, yes, the that that surface stuff does kind of keep it from being as great as a Terminator Two. Right. Um, but but it it would be a shame to completely dismiss that movie. Right. Uh, because of that. Agreed. Thanks, Dan, for writing in. We appreciate it. And now, because Brad hates it when I do things exactly the same every time. Let's do what we've been watching. Yeah. Fuck we it. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. So this is what we've been watching this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Bree, you're the guest. What you been watching this week? Oh, man. I've been, um, well, basically I, I checked out a bunch of uh, books from the, uh, sorry, DVDs and stuff from the Denver Library. So um, I got that movie um, Emperor with... Uh, oh, yeah, with uh, um, Fox. And um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones, okay. Yeah. Um, ha- I haven't checked that out yet. But, oh, um, shoot, it's, that's it's a good in one. my stack. Um, ended up watching uh, Evil Dead with my mom and, nice. and her boyfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, the two, uh, two 2013 one? The, the, the yeah, newest the new one. one. So I ended up watching that. How'd um, your mom handle that? Um, my mom... <laughs> well, you know, I'm like most moms, I don't even know if they watch movies, but, you know, I... <laughs> basically... <laughs> You know what? What? what so funny. Cause, yeah, what, I agree. But basically, what happened was, you know, I'm there and you know, I'm sitting there with my mom and her boyfriend, and, and uh, she's commenting on the movie, and uh, and then she's like, "Well, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen?" I'm like, "Mom, are you even watching the movie?" And I get up, <laughs> and I get up and walk. You know, I walk out of the room and I come back. But you know, she um she got through a large portion of it. I mean, you know, and because she also watched uh, 
Piranha 3D, <laughs> and she watched all that. So you know, she used to be really squeamish about a lot of these <laughs> movies, but you know, I think I think she her tolerance is a little bit up. But you know, I'm always just like you know amazed by people that ask questions while a movie's going on. You yeah, know? my my oh, mother-in-law yeah. <laughs> yeah. is like that. She'll always say, "Who's that guy?" What's he doing there? Yeah. <laughs> ever since ever since Moneyball, where that was so bad, mm-hmm. I have made a point of like bringing that up to my parents and really like almost being mean about it. Yeah. Like where if they'll do that stuff while we're at home in our living room, right? If they'll do that stuff, I'll shut them down. And be like, hey, <laughs> hey, just because I it's 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 out of love. I'm looking out for them. Right. I don't want them to. You know, they're not super old yet, but I don't want them to be those old people. Right. right. You know. <laughs> I don't want them totally to be oblivious. Uh, like <laughs> five or ten years from now to be in theaters going like, who's that guy? He's new to the movie. <laughs> yeah. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on it. it but it, it, is, it is a pleasure, though, watching movies with your with your parents. I, I remember, you know, watching movies with my with my dad and, and he would do, you know, he, he would do like these reenactments afterwards. Like, you know, I watched Hellraiser with my dad. and He was like, man, if. That happened to me. I'd be hiding all the, under all the dead bodies in the theater. And, you know, <laughs> you know, and, you know it's, but you know, it's just it, it's fun. Even though you know your parents make you know and ask these questions, though, it, it, it's fun to have that interaction. You know, I, I try to like all the newer movies now. I try to like. I just took my grandfather Pacific Rim. I, I checked oh, yeah, out. Nice. I checked. What was crazy about the library is that the library had a Blu-ray copy of uh, Pacific Rim and it had a DVD copy. So my my grandfather doesn't have a Blu-ray copy uh, player. So I took him the DVD and then I took the Blu-ray home. So you know it's it's just great to be able to to mm-hmm. share the experience of great movies. You know, like like you know we just saw The Hobbit, but. You know, that's something, you know, I want, you know, to experience, you know, with my family. But, like, yeah. you know, but when you're dealing with the parents a lot of times, you know, they fall asleep in movies. So. <laughs> you know, me and James went and saw To Kill a Mockingbird with his mom. And I had oh, no man. idea his mom had never seen it. It was a right. cool experience because yeah. it's such a great movie and there's so many great scenes in it. Right. That, yeah. And just to see it. A reaction for someone new and fresh. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. The only uncomfortable part, though, is like... uh you know when when sex scenes come up, you know in movies. Yeah. I mean, like we're, um, I watched uh, Haunted House with my mom. Uh, that's that comedy. It makes me oh yeah, on, like, a stuff. Haunted House. Yeah. And when it went in all to that sex scenes, it's like ah, oh, let me go get a drink of water right now. You know, or <laughs> let me walk out of the room. But you know, yeah. You know, but my mom was cracking up at some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yep. Uh, other than that, what uh, I'm trying to think of what else I've been wa- I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, still messing around with the Roku. Um, still, you know, older horror movies and and trailers. The trailers on the Roku are just crazy because um, there's they have a station on there called Zombie TV. Yeah. And some of those old trailers to me are just like it's basically softcore porn. Oh yeah. I mean, and and I'm just like really wh- exploitive. Yeah, really, ex- uh, really exploit you know exploitation films. But I'm like. Where do I get these movies from? You <laughs> yeah. know, I want I want to see like each and every one of these movies. It's so funny because yeah. when you see those trailers, you're like, yeah, I want to see those movies. And then when you watch the movie, I'm saying, man, I that trailer sold me on a different movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you got to get through all the shit to get to the good parts. But yeah, you know, they don't make trailers like that anymore. Where if you go see you know a horror movie, it doesn't say <coughs> later on tonight these girls are gonna be terrorized by blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. And only they have their wits to save them, or something like that. You know, they don't really do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think of what else I something else I watched in its entirety, but it's, it's slipping my mind right now. But by the time you guys get on, I'll remember. Cool. <laughs> right. 
No worries. Uh, cool. So I watched a few things this week. I rewatched The Last Stand with Schwarzenegger. Um, one of the things oh, yeah, I love yeah. about Tradesmart is I can get movies that I kind of enjoyed and uh, get them for a buck if I buy another movie. Yeah. And, you know, rewatching The Last Stand, it was way better than I remember it. Really? Yeah. I had lots of fun watching it. I mean, the yeah. villain in it is still kind of dumb. I don't even remember the villain. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I had fun with that movie. Yeah. But I don't remember. I, he was the so, it's so he was that uh, Mexican cartel guy who was driving the really fast Corvette. Yeah. And, well, I remember that from the trailer. But he was really boring. I mean, he there's nothing really. Oh, he's got the lady in his car the yeah, whole time. Yeah. 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 That was really boring. N- nothing. Re- you the, only watch that movie for Johnny Knoxville and Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, but there's some really. I mean, there's some really cool action and, scenes in it. And Jamie Alexander. Yeah. Because she's badass. <laughs> she is. But there's a my favorite scene in it is uh, they're having the shootout in this town from these drug cartel guys, and Schwarzenegger is trying to get to this guy on the roof because he has Jamie Alexander pinned down, and he sneaks up behind him and runs and he tackles him and he's jumping off the the building and he shoots the dude in the head as they're falling down. Yeah, yeah, it's so badass. <laughs> um, Are you gonna rewatch uh, Texas Chainsaw before the film explosion? Just to Fuck no. <laughs> the, well, the original Texas Chainsaw? Or no, the one, the one. It was the, oh, it was the movie gosh. we started this year with. You're talking about the one where he was like down in the basement? Yeah. No, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. I hated that movie. Alexander Daddario. You know, and you, uh, I'll tell you a funny story, okay. uh, Bree. Um, when we went and saw it, because, you know, sometimes when we see these horror movies at the end of the year, we have fun with them. Yeah. Um, and we got there, and, you know, the opening is meh. But then when they started rolling the credits and it said it was written by Adam Marcus, right. I got pissed off because Adam Marcus wrote Jason Goes to Hell. Right. And it, that movie was horrible and didn't make any sense. And every time there was a lapse in logic or there was a lapse in storytelling in the movie, I'm like, well, written by Adam Marcus. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I hate, you know, all these movies, these horror movies that, that, that you know, don't live up to my standards or whatever. I, I sometimes... You know, I, I hate to criticize them because I'm like, you know what? Even if I had a chance to be in that terrible horror movie, I would have done it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, You know, no one sets out to make a horrible movie. Yeah. It's just yeah. sometimes it Bad just doesn't execution. work out. Yeah. Um, and that's one of them. I mean, the, the trailers were cool for it. The right. posters were cool for it. I had a hell of a time, but I think the bad horror movies are hilarious. <laughs> Man. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the last stand I really enjoyed again. Cool. Um, it won't be in my top ten, obviously, but yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, I I got the fiftieth anniversary of Mary Poppins, and oh. I, I I love Mary Poppins. It's I, I love Disney movies, and Mary Poppins is one of Disney's best movies. Yeah. Were you saying something about her being beautiful or something on Facebook? Oh, that was me. Oh, that's you. I freaking oh. love Julie Andrews is so hot. In that movie. <laughs> um, but I you know what what I love about that movie. And I finally understood after uh, – because you know that Saving Mr. Banks is coming out. And yeah. So, uh, obviously, it ha- there's a tie- There's a great special feature on here. Um, it's called uh, Talking with Mr. Sherman. And the Sherman brothers are the ones who wrote the uh, music for it mm-hmm. and everything. And one of the brothers is still alive. And I didn't know if I wanted to watch that new special feature here because it's going to be a promotional thing. <laughs> you know, They're going to say, hey, go see Saving Mr. Banks in theaters. Yeah. But I started, and it, of course, it had that. Um, but it was Jason Schwartzman and uh, Bill Sherman. I forget his name. But he plays one of the Sherman brothers in the movie. And he's talking about... Oh, Jason Schwartzman does. Yeah. Oh, okay. I so was like, Jason, why is Jason Schwartzman? <laughs> yeah, so All Jason right. Schwartzman is talking to uh, Bill Sherman, and they're sitting down, and this this man who I, I'm guessing is in his 80s, yeah. maybe close to 90, uh is just rattling off how he comes up with the ideas for songs. 
And Schwartzman is saying, yeah, you know, you invited me to your house because I wanted to get in your mind frame. And what I didn't know Jason Schwartzman, one, played the piano, and two, understood music theory. And uh, what the Sherman brother was saying to him, he said, you know, when I hear things, um, I hear it uh, might be a lyric first, it might be the music first, but the most important thing is the tone. Yeah. And they have this great conversation about how he came up with the music for the movie, and he would sit down and he said, yeah, when I first um, had Jim Chimney, Jim Chimney, Jim Chim Tree, <laughs> he didn't like it because it sounded Russian. So it had like a Russian feel to it. He says, how am I going to make this sound like an English song? He says, well, on the fourth chord, I changed the the pitch of the piano. So it's dun 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 dun, dun instead of dun dun dun. It was really, yeah, yeah. it was crazy. And, and he would just pull out the piano and just start playing all these songs. And he would sing them verbatim. And it's such a great special feature. Um, uh, so, I, but back to Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins on Blu-ray is fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, the movie is so well done. Um you know, it's. I don't know what else to say about a movie that's uh, all-time classic that yeah. you have to get, and it's definitely worth uh, the investment to get it on Blu-ray. Um, I think it's only twenty-four dollars on Blu-ray, and, and you won't be sorry. It looks it looks great, and especially that Chim Chim Cherie mm-hmm. when they're doing uh, "Step in Time," and it's a fourteen-minute dance sequence yeah. with all these guys doing these crazy dances and. And the songs are wonderful, and there's a great uh, special feature on there that was on, I think it was on the 40th anniversary DVD, because I had it, where the same Sherman brother, I think it's Bill Sherman, sits down with Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke, and he tells stories again about, uh, you know, the uh, the making of Mary Poppins, and they kind of got into how hard it was for them to get P.L. Uh, Travers to... Sign on, which of course is the name of uh, the story behind Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. And you know, he said what got Walt Disney behind uh, the Sherman Brothers as the writers of the music was I don't know if you remember the this Bird Lady song that Toppins, Toppins, mm. beautiful song. And uh, Walt Disney says, "That's it. That's the song. And you guys can finish this movie um, writing That's this cool. song. It's it's fantastic." And then <coughs> I forgot that Banks was the name of the dad in the movie and uh there's a little teaser and the reason she didn't want walt to sign uh off on it because he's trying to get it made for 20 years is walt thought it was about saving the children because the children are misbehaving but it's actually about saving the father yeah and when you look at it through those eyes mary poppins totally changes and it makes the endings that much more bittersweet uh when the little <laughs> her little umbrella is talking to her and she says the, the umbrella says, the kids even say goodbye to you. They care more about their father. And she says, they do. And then she flies away, and it's it's wonderful. That's awesome. I love Mary Poppins. And the Blu-ray, again, is fantastic. So you should yeah. totally pick it up. It's right. worth it. Cool. Uh, um, I also <laughs> started watching the seventh season of It's Always Sunny, which I've seen, but I forgot about the one where um, Frank tries uh, does to Pretty Woman the horror he's banging. Oh, and, gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's ridiculous! And then she um, dies at the end, yeah, and they're just dies. like, "What do we do? We could just drag her out into the hall." Yeah, and that's <laughs> what they do. Um, oh man! And the last thing I watched this week, and I I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was on sale, and I took a chance because I remember it kind of being funny. But I I'm not a big fan of stoner movies, but I got Pineapple Express. Oh yeah, which is 
way funnier than I remember it being. Oh yeah, no. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm I'm not a stoner comedy guy either, but I I think I saw that movie twice in theaters. Yeah, it's just um, it's just really funny, and uh, Franco's really funny when he gets to be in those kind of movies. Yeah, because uh, you know he takes himself seriously a lot. Yeah. Even though I don't think he's a very serious guy, anytime you see him in like interviews and things like that. Yeah, right. But it's really fun to see him kind of cut loose and just be this idiot stoner. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, the part where uh, Seth Rogen sees that dude get shot and he drives to uh, Saul's apartment, who is James Franco, and he lets him in and he throws up all over his copy machine. <laughs> and Franco's like, dude, you threw up over my copy machine. It's probably broken. <laughs> While he's trying to explain why he just saw some guy get shot. It's, it's yeah. really funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, rediscovering that movie was lots of fun. And, cool. you know, having Ken Jong say, suck on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> and blow up that one, dude. Gary Cole. It's just, it's great. Right. Um, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Um, I really only saw like one thing this week. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's bad because I still got, I still got movies to see before the end of the year. Stuff to check off. Um, have you started your top ten list by the way? Ah, uh, vaguely. Yeah, I started working on it's at twenty six right now. Mm, that's tough. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but anyway, one movie that's not on that list is um. This week I got a chance to watch Only God Forgives, which mm. is the uh, the movie with Ryan Gosling yeah, that's hard by. To watch. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, who made Drive. Um, did, wait, did you see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's streaming. Yeah. I forgot to bring it up because yeah. I didn't like it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad's the first one who saw it. I, he was the only one I knew saw it. Um, yeah, and so I watched it because, like, I was like, okay, I, I have to see this because it's Nicholas Winding Refn, and even though I haven't seen Pusher, like, I, I love Drive so much that I just thought, like, I, I really have to check this out. Um, and it's... <sighs> It's not good. Um, mm. It's super weird, but it's gorgeous. Like visually, I think it's really cool. But it's like it's totally style over substance. Um, it is that like the way he lights everything in that movie. Because um, he's not he's hardly moving the camera. Because hardly anything happens. Um, it's, it's really just the way he lights everything in that movie that you're like, this is striking and cool. Um, but the the story is basically that like Ryan Gosling plays this sort of gangster person and um his brother at the beginning of the movie kills this young woman and um her father kills him and uh, ryan gosling shows up to kill him and when he finds out why his brother why this guy killed his brother he's he doesn't kill him um but his mother's in town and she's a horrible person and clearly loved her his brother more than she loves him and so she's like no no you've got to kill this guy and um, and then there's also the, it's all set in Japan, I think. Uh, no, I think it's Hong and, Kong, isn't it? Maybe it's Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Asian neon country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but and then there's this like sort of he's sort of a cop, but he's never in uniform. He's just like a detective, I guess. Uh, and basically, he just shows up and cuts people's hands off, and um, and that's the movie. Like, there's not much to it. Um, it's 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 a lot of very long scenes where maybe something happens. Um, it's something that like if you want to see something weird from this year, it's on streaming. It's streaming everywhere because no one saw it. Um, so you can yeah, and it's less than an hour and a half long. So like 
you can easily throw it on and watch half of it, and you'll understand it just as much as if you watch the whole thing. Uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. The ending is not doesn't like do anything for you. Um, there is near the end. There is a pretty cool like just melee fight scene between um, Ryan Gosling and the and the cop guy. But the problem is that because he doesn't really set up any of these characters. Um, you've got no dog in the fight. Like, you you really are in no way invested in, in the movie. Um, so even when it ends and characters sort of make choices, um, it doesn't come off as melancholy or deep. It doesn't feel like it's saying anything um, because it never said anything to get there in the first place. So, um, you know, I certainly it's not a movie you should go out of your way to, to watch um, unless you want to see something just weird um so anyway i was as disappointed as i expected because i had heard pretty much what i just saw said yeah like i said i watched it but i forgot i watched it (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i I mean not that i forgot to watch but i forgot to bring it up in our show that i watched it because it is like it's it's hard to talk about this and it's just it's one of those things yeah whatever i mean i I can't i can't even say that ryan gosling is good because you know He's good in Drive because there is so much he's not saying. I feel like here he just doesn't have anything to say, mm-hmm. and that's that's you know on paper in a script that's there's no difference there, but in a film where you're trying to tell a story, there's a huge difference there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yep. Hey, real news time. Yeah. It's real news. Um, Ryan, I'm going to ask you to explain something to me. Okay, I'll try my best. So, this week, Sony started talking about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two big things. A, they talked about some Venom stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a Venom movie, which we've sort of known that for a while. Um, but more curious, like, you know, they said, okay, we're going to make Amazing Spider-Man 3, but they also said they're going to make a Sinister Six. What is, what is that? What is that going to be? You know, it's one of those things where I don't understand... I. <laughs> Here's the thing with why I, villains are cool in doses. Villains are really hard to get behind when you're f- subjected to watch them for a whole movie. Um, because, I mean, I mean, you can take the example of Heath Ledger's The Joker. Would, yeah. the, he, would the Joker be as effective if he was in The Dark Knight more? No way. Because you don't want to see what he does behind the scenes. You, you know, you only want to see him for those moments where he's being a bastard. So when you're making a movie predicated on the whole fact that you're going to be following villains around, I don't know. And I, I, I'm i I'm guessing, uh, based on the Spider-Man 2 trailer, Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer, is there going kind of the ultimate comics way, where <coughs> Oscorp is behind building all these supervillains? Because obviously in the trailer you see Doc Ock's tentacles, you see the Vulture's wings... You already have the Green Goblin and Electro, so and the Lizard, so that's yeah. six right there. I don't know. I don't know how you can make it interesting. I mean, if if you made a movie where Spider-Man was fighting the Sinister Six, which is what we always sort of assumed that three was going to be, cool. But yeah, if if there's no Spider-Man in it, what what is it? I where, where I, is I your don't story? know because I mean, the, to the original story of the Sinister Six. Is Doc Ock got Mysterio, Craven himself, Electro, the Chameleon, and Sandman, 
together because they fi- they figured they they couldn't beat Spider-Man by themselves. So they put him in this elaborate trap where they would he would fight each one of them individually. By the time he got to Doc Ock at the end, he couldn't beat Doc Ock because he was worn down by all these other villains. And they learned that Spider-Man, when he needs to, will destroy these villains. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you could possibly... A story where it could be interesting. Um, the, the only thing I can think of that they could do in, in movies with villains is that you'd have to have a whole movie and, and by the end... It would have to end bad, mm-hmm. and then and then the, then when the sequel would come out, then you know you'd have the hero triumph. That's the only way I could see them doing yeah, and doing to, a villain movie. You'd probably have to have some sort of villain that's sympathetic, yeah, who doesn't want to be a villain. I mean, I guess Kurt Connors is that way. I mean, at the end of Amazing Spider-Man, he regretted what he did, but 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 a movie where. They try to get Kirk Connors into the Sinister Six, and in the end, he decides not to, and and the lizard fights the other the other five. Is not an interesting sounding movie to me. No, I do, I, uh, I I don't understand. I don't understand how they're gonna pull. I mean, obviously, when it comes out, I'll see it. But I yeah, don't, I don't if understand how you pull it off. Yeah, I uh, think I think I think they might you know with with villain movies though they might be trying to do like a. I, the only comparison I can kind of make is like. Is like maybe like The Walking Dead for you know for a while you know in that show, the evil person of that uh, show was you know it seemed like he was succeeding and getting mm-hmm. you know fulfilling his evil deed but then in the end you know it comes full circle and the hero triumphs in the end so that's that's the only thing I see that that could do in a, in a, a superhero movie because I think people were kind of getting tired of the 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 formula of it's you know kind of like wrestling you know you beat the guy down beat the guy down and all of a sudden at the end he has super strength and then so mm-hmm. I th- I think they want to maybe you know they might maybe start showing villain movies where you know showing you know the villains actually triumph in some ways by you know maybe killing some of the people that you know they love and and then then coming back in a, in a yeah. you know, another single and, I mean yeah. I I'm almost certain that Gwen Stacy dies in this next Spider Man yeah. movie. Um, I've seen uh, this is this is the bummer about sometimes trailers. Mm-hmm. I've seen little glimpses of stuff that's happening in the trailer that leads me to believe that because Spidey is fighting the Goblin in some sort of clock where there's lots of gears happening, mm-hmm. and there's a quick scene where Gwen Stacy is in it and the Goblin like flies by her and she looks, right. and then the next scene is Spider-Man jumping on this gear and shooting his webbing down. Yeah. So to me, it, it's playing on that, and that's fine. Then you have motivation for Spider-Man in the next right movie. Yeah. When you don't have, I don't know. I think it's too. It's a big miscalculation sometimes on um, people's thought process of that the villains are cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the villains are interesting, and you know they're only as good. But to me, and I've, maybe because I love Spider-Man so much, mm-hmm. but Spider-Man and Peter Parker is what makes that world work. It's not. Norman Osborn, and Norman Osborn's an interesting character. Right. It's not Otto Octavius, because those guys are nothing without Peter Parker. Right. Yeah. So when you remove him from the situation, I mean, what are they going to do? Sit around a table and be, you know, one of the great episodes of the animated series Batman is they're all sitting around playing poker, right. and they're all talking about how they almost got Batman. Right. But, I mean, was, is that what they're going to do? They're going to all sit around a poker table and say, hey, I almost got him this time. Right. So, And then the Venom one, again, I think... People are in love with the idea of Venom. I don't like Venom. And you're talking yeah. to someone who loves Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't like Venom the character. I don't think he's a cool character. Um, I think he's really shallow. His original arc where he loses his job because of Spider-Man is great. Because he's... I mean, he's delusional. And obviously Spider-Man's really not the reason he lost his job. Right. 
But for someone who has that vendetta against Spider-Man, that's interesting. But as they started fleshing out the character, he became way less interesting. Um, You know, they tried because he became so popular. And again, I don't understand why. He's visually cool. He's visually cool. Visually cool, cool, yeah. Um, But when people still started really liking him, well, now they're tweaking his story where he's an anti-hero and he's not going to kill innocent people. Yeah. But he's going to kill Spider-Man. And in his eyes, Spider-Man is a guilty person. But Spider-Man's not an evil person. He's not... Yeah. So, to me, the storyline doesn't make sense. Um, even people who hate Spider-Man 3, I still think <coughs> Topher Grace, when he is in um, the church, and he is saying, you know, God, just please, just kill yeah. Peter Parker. I mean, that's a great scene. Yeah, it is. And it's a great scene when, you know, this symbiote engulfs him. Um, I don't know how they pull that off in a movie. I, I, <coughs> I don't know. I mean, there's. I'm, I'm guessing in this Spider-Man movie, too, they're going to probably... Puts plant some seeds for venom as well. Well, same thing yeah. with carnage. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, but carnage. The, the thing with uh, this is this sounds stupid, but I forgive carnage <laughs> because he has motivation. His motivation is he's a psycho, right, right, and he's stronger than Spider-Man. To me, that's interesting. Um, yeah, he can only do so much. He's good for you know a couple issues. He's not a deep character, but for someone who's like carnage, where he's just going to kill and, and indiscriminately, he doesn't care what happens. That's interesting, and he's stronger than Spider-Man. How is Spider-Man going to beat someone who's stronger than him and doesn't care what happens around him? He doesn't care if he kills his teammates. He doesn't care if he kills these kids. He doesn't right. care. That's an interesting story because Spider-Man not only has to stop him, he has to stop the damage he's going to cause. Right. Yeah. Where Venom is, I don't know, whatever. So here's what I think is actually going to happen, and you're not going to like this plan. Um, I think that this is Sony really not knowing how to handle their PR um, and and wanting to have an Avengers movie. And yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I, keep, I, I keep going back to that, but I think that I think it is a sickness within the studios right now. Um, what I actually think is going to happen is that um, Spider-Man th- uh, uh, Amazing 3 is maybe going to be about some kind of Venom, that it'll be a more ultimate Spider-Man kind of Venom where it's actually like, it's not from space, it's something that was built by Oscorp. Um, and then that, what they're going to do is hint at a, hint at a Sinister Six movie that will be really just what we've expected three to be, which is Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, but that then they're also going to have a Venom movie where, um, whoever will end up with the suit on at the end, uh, with the Venom suit, um, and they will be somebody who is, yeah, something of an anti-hero, uh, will have some weird backstory movie that try to make us like them and then we'll come up and help spider-man in in a sinister six movie i am not um, uh, that makes sense to me i mean I, I i agree i don't i don't i don't like it but like just looking at what sony has on their plate right where they're they're desperately trying to make a huge franchise out of um out of something that you know they only own one character they they can't get other other superheroes in here. Um, I mean theoretically maybe they could go. I mean no now they they can't even get like Luke Cage or Iron Fist or any of those other ones because Marvel Cat. is <laughs> yeah. But even then that's really just a a villain that like I agree. is a is a sort of antihero kind of villain. Um, yeah, I I think this is them desperately trying to make and especially if you take into account a, uh, Andrew Garfield's comment about. Whatever they do beyond Amazing Spider-Man three has nothing to do with me because that's out of his contract. I'm really worried that Sony is coming in and trying to grow this into something that will be bad for the series again 
considering they already did this on the same on this again and you're, and you're talking to somebody i i love spider-man i love his mythos i love his <laughs> villains yeah but you, trying to make a whole movie around a villain is so difficult. Yeah. You know, maybe the one villain that this could work and you'd make it like an espionage spy thriller is the chameleon. The chameleon's backstory is he is a Russian spy and he yeah. would wear different disguises and disguise his voice to infiltrate and steal stuff. That would be cool. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. But they're not going to do it because the chameleon isn't a sexy character. Yeah. Right. Even though I think he's a cool villain. But they could make the chameleon a lady. And the chameleon could be a sexy character. It could it could be Jamie Alexander. I don't know why I keep. And I just want to say now. too, if IGN is listening to this, I watched the rewind trailer for the Amazing Spider-Man two, and they keep on saying Oscorp. It's Oscorp. It's a corporation. <laughs> Get it right. It's not a. It's not a it's not... collection of of army man. Yes. <laughs> it was driving me crazy when I was watching it. Oh, I think I funny. mentioned that la- uh, last time Amazing Spider-Man came out. Yeah. And I said. And I, I mentioned on the podcast, I said, guys, is it, it's, it's Oscorp, right? It's not yeah. Oscorp. Yeah. yeah. And you, and it's Osborne I mean, Corporation. Yeah, I knew that, but I just wanted to double check before I put my foot in my mouth. And they mm-hmm. did it again. I'm like, you, you yeah. guys are professional, professional right. well, journalists. <laughs> hey, I've, I've seen them mess up a lot. So. Yeah. That's funny. Anyways, what else we got? Um, all right. My yes. favorite news of the week. <laughs> I just saw what you flipped to. Is, uh, is that Peter Berg. Now, the downside is that Peter Berg also has pretty much bowed out of... Um, of there ever being a Friday Night Lights movie, but I, need I, one, I no, I totally agree that I think that Friday Night Lights as a show was awesome as one thing and doesn't need to be touched. And where the movie's they, not bad either. Yeah, where they? Yeah, I mean, I like. Well, actually, yeah, I didn't like the movie very much. The show is. Oh man. Yeah, we know about the show. Um. Yeah, I don't want them <laughs> to go back and touch the Taylors. I, I I like that. So, uh, but one thing I do want him to return to is the rundown. Yes. And he is making the rundown too, which excites the hell out of me. Because um, that movie is silly, downright silly. But I I really enjoy it. I think it's a lot I, I of fun. I love Christopher Walken when he's oh, trying yeah. to explain the Tooth Fairy. Do you understand the concept <laughs> of the Tooth Fairy? <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I can't wait. And uh, they're reading that. They have some partner lined up for The Rock. Yeah. Where they're saying, you know, it's not going to be Sean William Scott. Well, it shouldn't be because his, you know, his arc ended in the first one. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, I like part of why that movie works for me is sort of the the chemistry between those guys. But The Rock is pretty damn good. You put him with anybody like. Well, yeah, he'll have a new, you know, comic sidekick. Yeah, and it's been so long. You know, the the rundown is not some huge movie where like, you know, it's not Rush Hour where you really have to get those two characters back together. Mm -hmm. Like, no. You know, there, it's probably not even going to be called The Rundown 2. It's probably going to be called The Rundown, you know. Or a, just a, Rundown. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, or just, or just you know, it's it's 2014 now. The, everybody just puts um, subtitles on everything. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we did get some word just, you know, following the story that has been going on for a couple weeks now that um, right now it seems like they're going to rewrite Fast and Furious 7, which means that hopefully they aren't going to have to throw out everything they've already done, um, which was, I fear, early on. Yeah, and um, like, so I, that's good. like I said uh, last week, I think what they need to do is have Don go to uh, O'Connor's house, and O'Connor is basically, will even say he's out or something. You know, right. I, I don't think, yeah. I, I hope they don't kill him in the movie. Oh, no, no. I, and, and like every word, every every. Sorry, every quote that we've had so far is pretty much them saying like, you know, we want to be really respectful of this, and so I, yeah, I don't think they're going to kill him. I think that would be very uncouth. This really seems like this is the 
is this the first time that this has happened with you know in, as far as movies go where you know there's an upcoming <laughs> sequel and then the actually no, no. It's, it happens very rarely when a star dies in the middle of making a movie yeah um, I mean the most famous one is the uh, Twilight Zone movie. Oh yeah, with uh, oh, yeah. The, wow. the, the helicopter that, blade, the helicopter okay. blade where it killed those kids. Uh, John Landis was charged with manslaughter in that, mm-hmm. or and taken to trial. And I mean, they still made that movie. Um, and Spielberg refused to work with Landis after that. Yeah, it's a really fascinating thing. It doesn't happen too often. Yeah, um, um, yeah Natalie Wood. A lot died. of times. Oh yeah, Natalie Wood. Making a movie. Um, I don't remember what it was. Think. Who, um, oh, Heath Ledger uh, in the imagination of Dr. Uh, Parnassus. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's, you know, that's one. a very apt one um, because that's one where, you know, he was really in the middle of making that movie. Or the and Crow. They just, the, the Crow. Yeah, the, the Crow. I was kn- that... Uh, did Brandon he die during Lee. the yeah, he got. Yeah, I remember he got shot in the stomach. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they must have been so close. Yeah. Because, and, too, th- they were able to get away with it, I think, in that, too, because he had makeup on. Okay. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, so, so they could sort of shoot Put a stunt it. double in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is a little more tricky. And there are some of them, like, uh, Gladiator comes to mind. Where, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, shoot, now I wish I could remember his name. I don't remember either, but he was, one, he was the... Uh, the gladiator trainer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they basically CG'd together his scene. Um, and and then, like, you know, just shot around some things. But, uh, I you know, this is definitely one of the times... One of the... Th- this one's definitely special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is a time when they they don't have an option. Yeah. You know, where, where so much of... They they were so deep into filming. So much of what was left was his stuff. They They can't just shoot around it they just they can't just complete it somehow um but they also can't just like start over or if they if they did it would cost them so much money right um i d- yeah i don't i definitely don't think that there's anything quite at this level yeah. um especially with this much money yeah. yeah um which sounds horrible but it's one of the reasons why they're trying to see what they can do yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know like like i said last week like how many people um <laughs> You know, and it sounds morbid to some degree, but how many people die, and as a result, there's like, I mean, we're talking about probably somewhere around $250 million right. that are at stake here, um, when you really talk about how much money is tied up in this thing, beyond beyond the, the quote-unquote production mm-hmm. value, um, costs that we, you know, we see, which are always smaller than what it actually takes to make a movie. Um, anyway... Moving on. Now, the very last two things I want to talk about is we got a couple of big trailers this week. It's that time of year mm-hmm. um, where, you know, it's Christmas. People are seeing a lot of movies again, and uh, and so they're getting out the big summer blockbuster trailers. The first one we saw um, was Godzilla, um, which I, man, I was telling you guys after the, after the movie tonight, like, when it first hit the internet, I was like, why is everybody talking about this? Like, it looks like a Godzilla movie. Like, <laughs> this looks exactly like, if I were, if I were gonna have a dream about a Godzilla trailer, this is what it would look like. But then, man, we saw it on the big screen tonight, and uh, yeah, alright, I, I get it now. It's, it's a pretty it impressive. Pretty cool. yeah. it, it, it looks cool, I still really don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because it's a teaser. <laughs> they don't want to reveal too much. Yeah. I mean, you get. I mean, it, it looks cool when they're you know free falling and you see the spines of Godzilla. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things yeah. like that. I, I I sent some posts on uh, Facebook. I was like, I can't wait to see Godzuki. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I liked your idea about um, about this being a movie where, uh, and I think you said you'd heard it somewhere. Yeah. This, oh, is, this was actually going to be a movie where like he fights other, other monsters. monsters. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Because I would love it if they don't try to have any kind of origin in here. Well, it's just like, no, man, Godzilla's back. Like, no big deal. Right. You know, I would like that. But like I said, it, it'll, it'll be a joke. Because, uh, you know, on the old Godzilla movies, every time when he, <laughs> you know, uh, they introduce the other monsters, there's, you know, always these long scenes of them, you know, either roaring or pincing their pincers and it'll make that, <laughs> that you know, clicking noise. Yeah. And, and, you know, hitting arms together. Um. Cool. Uh, so then the very last thing was we got to see a trailer for Interstellar, uh, which is the next um, Christopher Nolan movie. Mm. Uh, and it does not look like what I expected. You know, people well, talked about really this so did. much. Um, I mean, there's no real story to it. It's Matthew McConaughey talking over stock footage of, you know, the space, uh, space Spatial, program. Yeah. yeah. Now, that being said... I fucking want to see this movie so bad now. I know you do. I, like, yeah, I had this emotional reaction to that trailer. Like, well, I'm, I'm a sucker for this shit. Like, they, you know, this trailer is basically written to, you know, pull on my heartstrings. But, yeah, all that stuff and that, that speech about how great going to space is. Yeah, it makes is, tear, like, a tear come to oh, your eye. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, oh, especially, yeah, when they start talking about us giving up and not having space shuttles anymore. I was like, that's right! America, <laughs> come on! Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited about that. It totally doesn't look like a Nolan movie though. Mm-mm. Like it does not look like well, you know, the, you get really big ex- action movie. You I get really excited when you see Sin copy like oh, come yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. the screen. Oh, it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, even even for like those Man of Steel trailers, mm-hmm. like that something about that logo, it's cool. Um, so anyway, that's news. Hey, this is the box office numbers from last week. This is the box office stats. Frozen, yeah. uh, actually overtook the box office twenty-seven million. Uh, right? Uh, no, thirty-one. Thirty-one million. I think Hunger Games then was twenty-seven. Yeah. Uh, but thirty-one million. Uh, so yeah, Disney has a hit on it because the word yeah. of mouth is really good. I loved it. They yeah, could make yeah, an yeah, appearance again in Film Explosion twenty thirteen on my list. It's funny because that means it. It actually popped up over... Because Hunger Games was number one last week. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How is, wow, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, word of mouth is good. Uh, the funny one is Out of the Furnace coming in at three with, like, a nothing. Yeah, like five um, million. Yeah. It's it's That that week is crazy when you have 31, then 27, then five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, there's two big players. I'm interested um, to see the, the box office results this week when you have three <laughs> pretty big movies. I'm guessing... Yeah. The Hobbit's probably gonna do about I don't know seventy five eighty million probably. Yeah, it did eight or it did nine last night. That's pretty good. Yeah, for a three hour long movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The midnight showings for a three hour movie are not. So yeah, box office mojo. Thank you. Cool. And this is the stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray next week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Oh oh. Something James has already pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the number one movie, uh, according to Digital Bits this week, is One Direction, This Is Us. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, even, it's, yeah. The, it's the DVD version, not it's even the, the Blu-ray. It's a concert. <laughs> so that sounds to me like a lot of moms are buying it for their kids. Oh, totally. Oh, uh, no, totally. It's the, um, the One Direction like band. A, oh. that is a yeah, they're like a film. British boy band. Oh, okay. Morgan Spurlock. I think they're British. They are. Or some kind of mm. colony. Of the Brits. Um, then after that is uh, Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, which I, I actually kind of wanted to see this one. Like, I never saw the first one, but Neither I, I. I kind of wanted to check this out, and I didn't get a chance My to. My niece so. thinks that Logan Learman is cute. 
Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the Lone Ranger comes out on Blu-ray this week, which surprised me because I forgot that it hadn't already come out on on Blu-ray. Like, uh, still haven't seen that. I, I haven't was, either. I oh. was I was out of town when it came yeah. out. Yeah, I mean it's fun. I don't know. I'll rent it. Oh man, my blockbuster's is it, closed. Is it gonna be a movie we talk about this film this year for Film Explosion? Probably not. What if I see it and I love it? You don't know. Maybe I'm just saying. Probably not. I like Prince of Persia. <laughs> Pick that up. Nice. Oh man, um, Elysium is coming out on Blu-ray this week, which is definitely I'm, I'm definitely gonna check that one out or, or pick that For one. For sure. When I saw that trailer, I kept thinking uh, I was like uh, I kept thinking about Mega Man the whole time. <laughs> I saw that. I was just yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good movie. Thanks. Nice. Um, oh, maybe my favorite release this week, the uh, the Prisoners or, or just Prisoners is yeah, coming out. Yeah, I already this week. pre-ordered that. Oh really? Yeah, oh, man, should be coming soon. I didn't because it's one of those movies that like. I'm not gonna watch it that often. See, like I, it's it's hard to watch, but I'm I'm is. so excited to see it again. Like I, it, lo- I love the performances in it. Yeah. Well, and you know, I even said when I walked out of it, there's there's a lot of little little things in that movie that I really want to go back and look at. You know, like all the tattoos on Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I just want to stare at Jake Gyllenhaal's tattoos. That sounds weird. No, no, they're they're all they're all this um, symbolism that that's all tattooed on them, and it's just interesting. I'd like to figure out what that's supposed to mean. But uh, Kick-Ass Two, which I forgot was a movie, um, <laughs> it is coming out on Blu-ray. It's not as bad as he says it is. Yeah, no, I, no, it's not. It's just I just forgot. You know, <laughs> there's this game that we like to play this time of year where I'll go back and look at the list of all the movies that we went and saw this year, and and find the ones that like. We forget that was a movie from the, right. like like yeah. that has just so gotten swept under the rug. Right. Um. Like Jack the Giant Slayer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I right? watched that. Right. Yeah. Like, do you? Oh man, it feels like a billion years ago. Um. Oh, I totally just skipped over. Uh, the Family comes out on DVD this week and Blu-ray, which was that movie that no one saw. Um. Uh. The the live version of The Sound of Music that Carrie Underwood made a couple weeks ago or last week. Um, but she's not good in it. I'll never see it. So. Yeah, my, I think my mom said she was like okay. Um, oh, your mom actually watched it. Yeah, my mom watched the whole thing. Yeah, it's hard for me because I love you, you know how I feel about Julie Andrews. Yeah, and the sound of music is wonderful. So I um I saw little snippets of it and thought that it was a pretty poorly produced piece of shit. So <laughs> um because I don't I don't understand doing that live that way especially to do it with and there have been a lot of people who have said this but you know they they did it with like half broadway actors and then half like carrie underwood mm-hmm. and i'm sorry but she is not of the caliber that you you need for a a broadway musical um so anyway let's move on to actually good stuff uh justified oh, yeah. season four comes out on blu-ray this week um so that's a that's a must get uh, i'm really excited about that season it's a good one. Uh, Family Guy Volume 12. Pre-ordered. So, there you go. <laughs> Great. Um, the complete series of Burn Notice. So the last season of Burn Notice as well as a collection of that whole show. That I was a fun show. That. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, maybe if I don't sure. watch it because you know how much I love Bruce Campbell. Oh, yeah. You should definitely like check out the first couple of seasons. Um, like at a certain point, I fell off just because it gets to be sort of diminishing returns. You know, it's, an, it's a USA show. So... They're really creative for a couple of seasons, and then they just get into a rut and then spin their wheels until the show gets canceled. Um, but it's still, it was, you know, it was really fun. I think my parents watched the whole last season. They they enjoyed it. Um, there's the third season of Shameless comes out this week. Um, 
And then for the little movies, uh, there's a movie called Ain't Them Body Saints, which is a movie with uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara that um, I think um, – is that Ben – that's Ben Foster's in this movie. Man, we do not get enough Ben Foster movies. Anyway, <laughs> um, I heard really good things about this and have been waiting for it. It's been on – like Amazon Instant has added on there, but when you go to it, it just says, this movie's not available for watching it. And I'm like, then why is it on here? <laughs> um, so you might check that out. There's a Jeremy Iron movie called uh, Night Train to Lisbon, which I've never heard of before. Oh, how I loathe guessing games. <laughs> and then here's the uh, here's the real meat and potatoes. There's a Steven Seagal movie called Force of Execution. Nice. And then there is a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie called Alien Uprising. Oh, so fuck, be, dude. be sure. What is JCVD going to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's going to stop the Alien Uprising. Nice. Or maybe he's... Uprising against the aliens. Maybe it's in a like dystopian future where aliens have taken over the planet. You know that could be cool. His GoDaddy um, commercials are weird. Yeah, I haven't seen. Them did you see? Did you see that commercial where he split? He did the splits on those trucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I've yeah, seen, I've seen that. He's done the splits. Did you see the Channing Tatum make fun of those? That was fun. yeah. No, that was really good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know if you if you're at a Walmart and they've got Force of Execution with Steven Seagal and Ving Rhames and Danny Trejo in it wow. for like a buck fifty. Pick that up. That's everything that's coming up this week. Awesome. Well, James, it's that time of the night where we tell people to dig out their long boxes and read a comic book. <laughs> yeah. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. We went and saw a dwarf movie this week, so I'm going to talk about a book with some dwarves in it. Okay. Um, there's a book called Skull Kickers out there. Um, which the fun thing about Skull Kickers is this is a book where if you go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, um, they're going to have it on the wall in like the recent issues, you know, sometime in the last few weeks, there'll have been an issue of it. You can just pick up any issue because like, it's just fun. Basically mm-hmm. it's, it's set in like this sort of fantasy slash steampunk kind of world. Like it's only steampunk enough that like they have guns and stuff, you know? So it's, it's that, that kind of fantasy. Um, but it's about a dwarf and a big guy. Um, and that's those are their names. I'm pretty sure they are legitimately just called Dwarf and the Big Guy. Um, and they are sort of like mercenaries, and they run around and get into trouble and stop bad guys and fight things. And um, but the thing about it that's that makes it special, you know, it's not just that there's this fun action and stuff like that, um, but it's got some really good humor in it. Um, the two characters, I mean, some of it is just you know fart-joking kind of humor. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but just like the, the sort of banter between those characters, it's just really fun. Um, it's a it's a light read. It's something that you could pick up. And you could give it to, you know, like a 12-year-old. Don't give it to kids too young. Um, but you could give it to, you know, a, a preteen or teenager, and, and they would really enjoy it. Um, it's just a really fun book, and, and um, there are always trades which you can you can pick up the trades at, at Coins Cards for twenty percent off, um, and there you know because there is like a there's an overarching story for most of the arcs uh, or for most of the you know trades, um, but it's not like a it's not a big deal if you don't know what's going on, um, but then the, that that story is kind of neat, so you know pick up a trade, um, and and you'll really enjoy it. Um, the other the other cool thing that they do which is actually how I found out about this book, is that at the end of, like, every sixth issue, so at the end of every trade, they do an issue where um, 
they have a contest and people submit in scripts and they submit in sample artwork and then they pair up uh, writers with artists and have like um, sort of this little anthology of like a few six to eight page stories, um, you know, where that are written by amateurs and, and drawn by people who aren't in the business. Uh, and they're just really cool. Um, it's, it's a neat little thing that you don't see very often, especially in like a, yeah, it's not a huge mainstream book, but it's out there, you know, it gets good press. Um, so it's just a, a really neat little thing. It's something different, um, that people ought to check out. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, James. You're welcome. Skull Kickers. Skull Kickers. Check it out. Yeah. This week, we went and saw The Hobbit, mm-hmm. There and Back Again. No, 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 no. Oh, that's the next one. We saw Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Yep. Uh, Good pronunciation on yep, Smaug. Smaug. Uh, <laughs> Bree, should people go see The Desolation of Smaug? Yes, I, I think people should go see The Desolation of Smaug. Um, this, but I don't know the... How is this movie filmed? Because this looked different from the last Hobbit I watched. It, it didn't look like that same kind of uh, cinematography. You, did you um, see it in high frame rate by any yeah, chance? Yeah, I think that was the one yeah. we saw it in. So it, mm, looked, it yeah. did look different to me. Yeah. yeah the high yeah, frame yeah. rate. We, we only uh, saw it in the 2D this year. The high frame rates is going to be a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. Um And the people and move weird. <laughs> well, they, they move weird at first. You get used to it. No, at least you, I did. you don't. You don't. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing it in high frame rate 3D tomorrow and I'm actually really excited. About but it. you have glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got high frame rate already. <laughs> James, no. should people go see the Desolation of Smog? I mean, this is one of those things where, like, at this point, you either know if you like a Hobbit movie or not. Right. Um, so I will say this: I think that um, I think this movie is probably better than the last one. Um, I really like where this story is going. Um, it's. I don't want to say too much in order to give away what does and doesn't happen in this movie. Um, it you is, don't say if they should see it, James, and then we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you do all right, this all, all right. the time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I absolutely think people ought to check this out. I think it's really cool. Uh, I think they do a much better job at, at developing these characters, um, even the new ones, um, than they did in the last one. So, yeah. Uh, I agree. I think this is actually a couple steps above the last one. Cool. Um Here's a trailer for The Hobbit 2. Truly. The tales and songs fall utterly short of your enormity. Oh, Smaug, the stupendous. We are the dwarves of Elabor. We have come to reclaim our homeland. I offer you my help. Now that we know it won't betray us. We don't. There is no king under the mountain, nor will there ever be. It will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow. Legolas has grown very fond of you. Do not give him hope where there is none. We've been blind in our blindness. Our enemy has returned. I found something in the Goblin Tunnels. What did you find? My courage. Good. 
You'll need it. Dragon fire and ruin. That is what you will bring upon us. He cannot see beyond his own desire. I will not risk this quest for the life of one burglar. His name is Bilbo. So here's something I want to say about this movie, um, and it's it sort of reflects something I said last year when we reviewed the last one, which is that I still think that these movies are going to be difficult to review until we have all three of them. Um, but even with this one, I think there are some really cool little scenes in here that sort of bring into focus what the first movie is really about. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, especially early on when they're they're reintroducing you to this world. And, and they give you these really neat little moments where um, where they sort of show you, like, oh, yeah, that last movie was really about developing this character and getting Bilbo to this place where um, where he was going to get to do some really cool stuff. Um, and this movie, I think, does a good job of, of actually improving the first movie. I don't mean improving on the first movie, but when you go back and watch the first movie, having seen this one, I think knowing more about these characters and knowing what what the real purpose is of that of that early story and where it's going um will make you understand why they made some of the choices they do in that first act yeah i to me this movie is almost three hours long but it moves faster yeah um it kind of uh it's kind of a breakneck speed um i think where this movie succeeds where the first one, and I rewatched the first one recently, and I told you, and I actually appreciated the first one more. And maybe it's because I saw the extended cut, because it let the characters yeah. breathe a little more. And, and there, there are important things, especially now saying this one, there are some important things in that extended cut. So if, yeah. if people have access to it, I think they ought to check it out. You should, because I think it's only like 20 bucks on Amazon right yeah. now, the extended cut. And so. it's only like 20 minutes longer. It's not even yeah. huge. It's just... And it's worth it. Um, and so this one, it doesn't waste as much time... Um, you know, introducing all the dwarves and getting them to that point. Because I actually think the first scene in the movie, uh, you don't even have to be eagle-eyed to pick up Peter Jackson in it, but uh, <laughs> where Gandalf is talking to uh, Thorin, I think might have worked better in the first uh, Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's still a great scene. Uh, it's a- it's a great place to start the movie. Yeah. I, I think the only reason it's in the movies at all is because it's a really good place for us to start. Yeah. You know, it, it just... g- but it gives more motivation to Thorin, I think. Yeah. Because um, in the last one, he kind of just shows up and he has this air about him. And this kind of gives him more substance. Um, and I th- but, I mean, it works for this one, too. I, I, yeah. I agree, too, James. I think maybe when they're all three out, if you sit and watch them in a in a nine-hour period, yeah. I think you'll really, really appreciate the movies. Uh, but this one, yeah, it's the action is ramped up. There's great character moments in it. In fact, my favorite character, one of my favorite character moments, is a scene that we're gonna play for you right now. It's an interaction between Bilbo and Gandalf, and uh, it, it, it it's called "I Found Something in the Goblin Caves." And go go ahead and uh, listen to this scene. 
You've changed, Rupert Baggins. You're not the same hobbit as the one who left the Shah. I was going to tell you. I... found something in the Goblin Tunnels. Found what? Martin Freeman is so good as Bilbo. I oh man, I remember uh, rewatching the first one, and, and I forgot his little nuanced performance and how well he conveyed um, being afraid. But then going back to the Hobbit courage, yeah, you know, uh, it's in his face, and it's it's one of the things where you see him kind of withering away, but all of a sudden he comes back, and you understand why he is he's a hero. I, uh, one of my favorite moments in the appendices is where um, Sir Ian McKellen is talking about that, and he, he specifically says that he is extremely impressed with Martin Freeman just because Martin Freeman's one of the few actors he's ever met who can portray two emotions at the same time, like with the, you know with just slight variations in his face. He does it a lot in that movie. And then, yeah, like in the, in the scene at the end of the... Um, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they're when they're at the end of this fight with all the the spiders, which is creepy as hell. Uh, but when he fights like the trap spider that comes up, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that scene is really about the fact that like he's starting to get really attached to the ring, and that like the trap spider has you know is is above the ring, and he's got and so he just goes into this fury and kills the trap spider. And then the scene after that where he's got the ring and he goes from like this ecstasy and like blood rage of having killed this thing and getting the ring back to then getting like having this huge realization of what all he's done. And like, he, he almost vomits in that scene. It's so cool. Um, he is, he is crazy impressive, man. Yeah. You know, too, this movie does a great job of raising the stakes. I mean, if you've read the book, you know, the stakes already, but yeah, you know, raising the stakes, but also being funny where the first one i think sometimes the humor they try to be too a uh, little slapsticky yeah uh this one you know it i'll get to uh i think maybe one of the greatest action scenes of the year is bilbo is trying to get the dwarves to escape in these barrels and he releases them all down this river and then <laughs> he realizes that he's stuck yeah in this area and that's a great scene yeah. nothing is said but yeah. the way it's martin freeman plays it is yeah. so funny and because you're with him, you're like, wait a minute, how's he gonna get out? Yeah. Um, and you know, it's too. And because like he's, it's per- it's a perfectly written scene because like, at the same time, you're sort of impressed that like Bilbo yeah. has pulled this whole thing off. <laughs> like he's he's freed them from the jail. Yeah. He had a plan to get them out of the building. He figured all this shit out, and then <laughs> the one person stuck. he forgot yeah. about yeah. was himself. Yeah. It's it's a gr- it's a really great scene. Like. The other scene that I thought was funny when when uh, Bilbo was going down to uh, you know get the uh, what's the thing called the uh, oh the Arkenstone the Arkenstone yeah I always think of the arc light and then (laughs) so the one dwarf is talking to him 
And then, you know, he's like, yeah, there's a dragon down there. And, and you know, he basically says, yeah, there's a dragon down there. And he walks off. You know, because yeah. you saw him when he was just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. you know. <laughs> What's the name of that dwarf? Uh, Balin. 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 He's actually. Great. Oh, he's great. And for, you know, he's, um, if you remember in the Fellowship of the Ring, where they go to Moria and there's that, they find the tomb. Mm. That's Balin's tomb. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and no. actually, the funny, dwarf, the funny dwarf, like the the dumb one that always has the the slingshot, he's the one who's writing the book that they end up picking up. So, like he's the he's the other skeleton that's there. The um, the only thing about the dwarfs though is, um, I just feel like there's a lot of dwarfs in there that you really get to know, but there's a couple of dwarves on that on the on the you know on the little expedition team that you yeah. never really get to know. I yeah, mean, yeah, and yeah. you see, you see them in scenes. And they don't really really say anything. I mean, there's there's the ones that you notice, you know, in battle, and, mm-hmm. and there's ones that have a lot of interaction with, like the guy that had all the the weaponry. Um, yeah. But there's there's a couple of and doors yeah. on the team that you're just like, because I always I always find myself trying to count how <laughs> many too. people are and in the party. Still Thirteen of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, and that's sort of what I was saying about like how how these sequels are going to affect the the earlier films. Um, for one thing, with that in mind, it's it's another reason why the extended cuts are really good because I think, especially with the first one, you get to know some of those other dwarves so, so much more. Like, you know, uh, and and you're right here, like Biffer, who's the one that has the axe in his head, yeah. almost never has a scene. Right. Um, Bomber has a really cool, like, well, way over the top, but, kind of, <laughs> but pretty damn fun right. action scene where he's in a barrel yeah. and like, yeah. you know, rolls. it goes on so fucking long and well, it's way over the top. Well, I think silly. it's on purpose though. But it, yeah, no, exactly. Um, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. A lot of them don't have line, a, a, a lot to do here, but like Philly and Killy who had very little to do in the last one, the younger ones have like a huge subplot here. Um, and that will that will probably be true of some of the other dwarves in the next one. Uh, and so when they're when it's all said and done, I think you're going to go back and watch all three of these movies. And when you see Philly and Killy in the first one, you're going to know you're going to like them so much more because you know the story that they go through and and really more of who they are in relation to Thorin because of what you know from the second one. Well, I always, every time I see Killy, I'm like, why does he look? You know, he doesn't look like a dwarf. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And, and I'm always he's, he's the only one without any makeup. I'm I'm always asked, you know, I, I you know, I asked my friends that question and they were kind of like, you know, like it was a secret something, you know, but I'm like, no, explain to me why no. he, he doesn't. They um in the appendices, they talk about like the creation of those dwarves and how yeah. they separated them all out. Mm. Um, and he was just one where, like, honestly, he's just so damn pretty. Yeah. Like that actor that when they when they cast him, they were just like. He's he's just pretty, and if we put stuff on him, you know, these two young young dwarves that we have that we want to be attractive young mm-hmm. dwarves, you know, um, they don't look as attractive when you put makeup on them. Um, so it's a, it's as simple as that. That like, yeah, you know, they just look, you know. Um, and you know, yeah, uh, guys, right. that th- that barrel scene is amazing, though. It's I great. Think, uh, and it, you know, people were worried about Legolas and Tyrell in it. Yeah. But I actually think when Legolas shows up, he's kind of an awesome reminder of how great the first ones are. And yeah. he has some pretty badass moments. Right. Um, and even, you know, they created the Terrell character, Terrell or whatever. Terrell, yeah. Uh, whatever her name is. Um, but she's pretty good in it, too. Yeah. Um, and she fits right in. Uh, if I had one gripe about the, the movie is I think sometimes to make the elf moves cool is you can totally tell it's CG yeah. character models, 
which I just wish it gets distracting sometimes. Yeah. Because, I mean, and sometimes I don't understand why they have to do it when they do close-ups of Andrew uh, Andrew Orlando Bloom and he's really doing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why they have to have CG guy of him like sliding underneath a, a sword. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always distracting I, 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 I to me. I think the, you know, they throw the, the, the CG really gets thrown in there because they're interacting with CG. You know, if they're interacting yeah. with other... Yeah. yeah, that makes sense, too. Other live actors, they would have a different look. But when they're interacting with CG enemies, like the orcs, you know? Yeah, and that's my biggest issue, too, with the first one. Is I think the orcs in the Lord of the Rings are badass. Yeah. But in this, they make them all CG, and you're like, why? That's, yeah. yeah I, that's actually where I was gonna go. Where I was yeah. gonna say my my biggest gripe with this movie. Um, There's and, a, and and I I think there is some bad CG later during the during the dragon scene, and yeah. I I don't even know if it's bad. Um, <coughs> if it's bad so much as just like liquid liquid CG gold does not look that real. Right. Um, right. But yeah, and, and, and but that is in some ways just a product of how hard that property is to to make right. it CG. But I can forgive all of that because it's all environmental shit. But yeah, the the fact that they have gone so far away from the practical orcs, I think, is wildly detrimental. And it is this: I think that one of the most amazing badass sequences in the entire first trilogy is the fight at the end of the first one between Aragorn and the mm-hmm. fir- and that first Urukai. Right. It's all practical, and it's badass. It's just, you know, regular old melee. It's not over-the-top crazy action. And when when Legolas went to fight that one that one orc, like the gnarly one at right. the end, I was like, holy shit, you are totally calling back to that. Like, and it's a it's a cool, you know, yeah. hand to hand to hand fight, you know. Um, but there's just enough CG in it that it takes that edge off, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't feel quite as gritty, you know the. Mm-hmm. Not not just that the that that orc is CG, but like, you know, slamming his head into the into the wood um, pillar mm-hmm. and that being clearly CG stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. That it just, you know, you go back to that fight at the end of yeah. Fellowship. It's it's awesome. It's one yeah. of my favorite sword fights in films. Um, and I think a big part of that is just because um, that Urukai is is all practical. Yeah. Um, with so. with uh, Legolas, uh, you know, fighting with that orc though, um, you know what I. What I found was weird that one time is when you see the orc, if you look at his armor, you know it looks like he has saw blades coming out of his yeah, uh, yeah. out of his rib cage basically, and then he has you know he has you know Legolas in the bear hug, and then at the end you know you see him you know wiping his nose. I'm like you just had saw blades in your back, you know what? <laughs> you know it's just like what you know I yeah. I expected him to have you know I expected you know when he got into that whole thing you know he. Reach back and he had some blood on his back or something. That would have made more sense, but he was like reaching for his nose and I was like. And the, like the CG goblins in the last one, because they're so inhuman, mm-hmm. like I sort of forgave it. And they, he even yeah. addresses it in the in the appendices where he says like they they went to great lengths to make those characters all actually animatronic. And there mm-hmm. there are you know those scenes with the goblins are people in these suits, right? Um, but they just ended up not quite working. Um, they just never quite looked real, mm-hmm. and so then they they sort of CG'd on top of that, and so it, there's a lot of practical stuff there. Right. But there's just enough CG that you think it's all CG, um, and it could be that that's true here too. That all those orcs have practical stuff underneath them, 
but it doesn't matter because none of them I feel are as cool as like go back to the two oh, yeah. towers and there's that one you know the the, the What's one the one that has like the white hand on his face he's like yeah oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah that one um or or even the ones like in the scenes where with uh, when Mary and Pippin are being taken away oh, yeah, right yeah. like all those orcs like the one that chases him in the woods or the one that's like wants to slice him up and his his teeth are all You're nasty right. like those are all so cool and so memorable. And and they are seemingly entirely practical. Right. Um. And I, I really think that's the one thing that like, if I could if I could change for this whole series, I would change that and say like you've got to spend more time and more effort on making those making those orcs always practical because they're just more memorable that yeah. way. You know. The that, fi- that's the, a huge thing. The film and also one time that I think the it looked like kind of like the film messed up though was when. Also, the water scene when they were going in the barrels, it yeah. kind of looked like that was actually filmed like from a raft. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, they used like actual underwater camera yeah. shots, and that like the quality of the picture didn't look the same yeah. as the the shots, even the real shots above the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a weird. Yeah, I noticed it was, a, it was a weird. Yeah, weird style yeah. choice. I yeah. I don't know if they're trying to <laughs> yeah. make it look real. Yeah, and you know we haven't even talked about smog. I think he looks really cool. I think it's oh, a yeah. cool dragon. But you're right. There's a shot where um, he's coming behind when he first awakens behind Bilbo, and you can like Bilbo doesn't look good in the the shot. Like, yeah. You can see like lines around him. Yeah. The compo- and, and the, like, the composites in Lord of the Rings have never been. Very I know that's good. you know that's one thing. My always my biggest issue with the Lord of the Rings movies and the Fellowship is you know anytime they're running across a bridge and it's CGI models, they look so fake. Yeah, but I mean, uh, which now and and in these, it's a little unfair because there's actually, um, I, I learned these fucking again in the appendices, but there's a lot more composite stuff because of them doing 3D. They couldn't do the the sort of trickery where like you put Gandalf closer to the camera. They couldn't do any of that because with 3D you you see the right. depth. Um, so actually, pretty much any time Gandalf is on screen, he's composited in, and when you realize that, man, he looks. The, that, those composite well, yeah, shots look notice. great. Yeah, right. they uh, look great. But I mean, this um, but yeah, like, still like looks when, amazing. When Thorin yeah. is like on that in that boat and he's mm-hmm. going down the Gold River, oh my gosh, it's one of the worst shots in the movie. It's yeah. it's abrasively horrible to look at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Yeah, Smaug is. I mean, he's really cool. And, oh yeah. And I, I, you know, that scene with Bilbo rivals the Gollum scene. Yeah. It's not quite as. It's very similar. It's very. It's not quite as good um, because I think Gollum is obviously one of the best characters in it, yeah. and how um, Andy Serkis plays it. But it's two different characters because you know Smaug has to be like you know intimidating. And yeah. He's have, just a badass. Yeah, and just how he's talking to Bilbo and. <laughs> Um, and again, that's where Martin Freeman's so good is he has the, you, again, you see the courage in him and, you yeah. know, he's, he's a little hobbit and he's standing up to a 200 foot tall dragon and yeah. he, it's pretty awesome. And yeah. I love the, how he breathed fire and, you know, his scales would light yeah. up. Yeah. And they even got in, it, it's, it's in the books. I had forgotten about this. So my brother mentioned it a, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's even in the books that like, um, when you see him, like when he's walking over them and stuff like that, that he's been sleeping in in, in gold. gold and jewels for so long that they're like embedded in his skin. Yeah. It's just so cool because mm-hmm. like when he picks up, there's just this little glint in him, mm-hmm. and it's just oh, man, he looks he looks awesome. One, one thing I remember about the books, I don't know if you read it, but didn't I remember he got in the whole poet um, 
the whole riddle thing with uh, Gollum, but didn't he get into some riddle things too with to to basically bide his time with Smog? I I think that might be there. There's even a line where. Um you know when he's like giving Smoke his his names, yeah. um, he even makes one of them like you know something about riddles. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where like if they had done another riddle scene, yeah, you'd be like, really, you're gonna you're gonna do this same freaking scene again? Yeah. Like, it, it works in a book, especially at the end of a book, right? When you're sort of calling back to like this skill that Bilbo picked up, right? Um, where it wouldn't necessarily work in a in a film, yeah. Because um, conversely, um, I oh so. Spoilers! I was wrong. They don't kill Smaug in this book. In this one, mm-hmm, right. um, which I I'm actually, that. I'm what? actually kind of happy about that because I, I think I, I I expected that and wanted that because I thought it would make for a really good middle mm-hmm. film. But because we have, but it, it it would also make for a really difficult and maybe not interesting third film. Right. And this one's really good. So yeah, I, I think I you know I was going to get to that point right now. I. Th- I think too. That's where this film succeeds. Where the first film, it just kind of ends. They say, "Well, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. the mountain. Okay, we're gonna go there." Yeah, it, it ends. ends with that fight with with the white orc, which is yeah. just not right. There's yeah. not enough at stake. It doesn't yeah. have enough to do with the main story. This, I mean, this is a cliffhanger, and it, it pisses you off because you want to see the yeah. ending. You know, because even it's, it's even in the trailer. The last line in the movie is in the trailer, and he, where he yeah. says, "Oh my God, what have we done?" Yeah, and. It, fucking ends and you're like no yeah because too uh sauron makes an appearance Mm -hmm. i I don't know if that's spoilers but i mean we're into that part of the show yeah Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess if you know the story of lord of the rings and stuff uh, (laughs) yeah yeah, you know know what i mean like it's it's, but it's way yeah it's one of those things that they've added a lot more of yeah than than was in the book because obviously what it seems like they're Doing, I guess the first half is they're going to take down Smog, yeah, and then the second half is going to be a huge war, yeah, um, which is is the same as the book. It's what you would expect from the book. Mm-hmm. It's just that some of the motivations will be different. And so. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Hobbit, the books, and I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Rings books. Yeah, um, but watching the movies, it makes me want to read them because right. I want to go and read the appendices in the book mm. books to see where they're pulling the information from and. You know, because now I'm now I'm a little fascinated by it. Yeah. So, some of the stuff is from appendices. Less so with these. Um, the really cool stuff, like in Lord of the Rings, that's from appendices is stuff like, uh, like the whole Arwen and Aragorn story is tiny and footnotes. You know, and they fleshed it out with with stuff that they took from the appendices and just all this, and really made this really cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times when they add stuff. Um, it's yeah, you know, like because especially in in the Hobbit, he he gives almost nothing about these dwarves. Like you really learn nothing about anybody but Thorin. Um, so they all like they all sort of look the same, and you know. Um, so I think a lot of the stuff that they've been writing in, and like the, uh, the I I love the scene where uh, with um, Thorin making uh, Killy stay behind and then Philly like being pissed and saying he's mm-hmm. going to stay too. Um, and seeing that, you know, that line where he's like, you're going to be king someday. Like that little scene um, is something that they've, they've totally just made up. Um, but it's cool. And it, and I think it fits thematically when mm-hmm. they, when, when they make up stuff, it it's usually stuff that fits thematically with yeah. what's going on. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. In fact, I was reading yeah. an interview in an entertainment weekly with, because they had a huge article about this movie, and they interviewed a Tolkien historian. Yeah, and he said 
he thinks that uh, Tolkien would be okay with it because how he would constantly add to his stories. Yeah. He 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 said that he would expect Tolkien actually to be flattered that they would take his ideas and kind of put them on this huge screen and say, hey, your your world is so rich that we can add characters to it right. and make it fit into your world. Yeah. Um, and I you know I tend to agree with I mean that assertion that. Yeah. It, I mean I don't. It's it's one of those things that like yeah some hot, some fans are gonna walk out of this and be like they added this stuff but they didn't put this in there well you know it, it's a movie yeah and they and one of the one of the reasons why these movies are as good as they are and why I'm so glad that that Peter Jackson is in charge of these is because he really takes care with that and and walks that line very well between making a good movie and and being respectful of the original yeah. material. And and a lot um, of the stuff I mean at least like with these movies, you know, it does make you want to go back and read the books. <laughs> it does add layers to the characters. I mean, it just, you know, you know, it just makes the, you know, the whole experience, you know, yeah. better. Yeah, cuz he's not disrespecting yeah. any no. characters at all. And, e- even the things that he's done that really pissed me off. I mean, I I talked about this back when uh, we saw Catching Fire and 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 your niece was was so pissed off about it when it was over that like when I walked out of the two towers the first time, I I was what, 14, 15, something like that. Is that even possible? No. Uh, no, no, I must have been older than that. 16, man. 17. Um the uh I walked out of that movie and I was just, I was pissed. Because uh, Faramir took the ring, like he made the wrong choice, and I was like, no. In the book, he is he is there to sort of vindicate humanity and say, like, no, there is some hope you left for for man. Um, and now I look back at it, and especially when you watch the director's cut and all the stuff with with uh, him and his father, I realize they were telling a really cool, interesting story and making that character so much deeper by the things they changed. Um, that yeah, you you just have to sort of put your fan stuff aside and step back and go like, okay, what story are they going to tell me? Um, and the one they're telling is really cool. Yeah, as um, far as far as the whole, um, with with his, uh, the scales and the arrow thing, you yeah. know, I don't even remember that in the book. I it remember is. him having having the flaw in his armor, but I didn't remember, you know, hearing about, you know, the fir- the attempts of trying to, you know, take yeah. Smog down. It's, it's one, actually one of the things that, like, I am, I'm really glad about this movie mm-hmm. is that, yeah, in the book, it's, Spoilers. Yeah. It's as simple as, um, well, maybe I won't. Well, no, Ryan, you read the book. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's as simple as they go, they wake up the dragon. He talks to the dragon. The dragon gets pissed, flies out to the city. Maybe lights some stuff on fire, and then Bard shoots it with an arrow, and it's dead. And that's way too easy. Yeah. Right. It's a freaking dragon. Like we right, want some right. cool stuff. And yeah. so I'm really kind of glad that they added in this whole section where the dwarves. You know, are lighting, you know, building the forge up again and really trying to fight it so that the dwarves feel like they have a part in right. defeating the dragon. Right. You know, that it's not just some arbitrary thing. Because mm-hmm. um, it, otherwise it makes them spectators. Right. Otherwise, Bilbo goes in, wakes up the dragon, talks to the dragon, makes the dragon go away so they can have their town back, and then some other human dude kills the dragon. <laughs> right. Like, what's the point of the dwarves right. even being there? <laughs> um, so it's really cool, you know. I, I will say. I think the payoff for that sequence is cheesy as hell. Like, that... Ah, the giant gold man! No, well, you know what? When I they, just didn't buy it. This is, when they when they showed that scene, all I could think of was like taking the wrapper off of Hershey's Kiss <laughs> and then like milk chocolate flying out at you at the end. I mean, yeah. it, just, it just didn't... It didn't, it didn't make it. That, yeah, that portion of it right there, 
Um, I don't I don't know why it wasn't just as simple as yeah. like they got him into a room where then they opened some doors and dumped gold on yeah. him. Like yeah, that whole you know where did where did they suddenly get this mold of this dwarf and then get it to cool just enough? Like it just yeah, that, it that, just yeah. doesn't land. Yeah, that right. was not. And it, yeah. um, it's really a shame because I think like the the idea of like I said the, the whole idea of them having a chance to fight this dragon and really make an impact on him and you know it just it, to to make it you know to make it better it'll be similar to that scene that was in um the aliens movie remember when um they it was with the uh, the guy rock rock emerson or whatever and they were leading the alien into that area where they they dumped that hot lead or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, no. that would have made that would have yeah, made yeah. more sense yeah exactly but you know too i think it by doing that little bit though i mean it's kind of cheesy but it makes those stakes so much more higher when you know smog goes Oh, you care about these people. Well, fuck yeah. you. I'm going to kill them. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, and I love that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and to his last line was, I am fire, I am death. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, no. Smog is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, uh, it's really cool. You never hear Benedict Cumberbatch. It's not, mm-hmm. he's doing a great job at just making a badass sounding voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it is just, it is just that one touch. It's just the giant gold man yeah. that just doesn't quite hit for me the, um and it's just a shame the whole entire time when um you know bilbo was talking to the dragon you know i'm sitting there thinking the whole time i'd i'd put that ring on and it would just been me running the you know the whole scene yeah. you know there would be no talk as soon as i knew i was invisible enough i'd you know be trying to get <laughs> the hell out of there yeah 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 that's yeah. cool man cool so yeah go see the hobbit yeah uh Next week, we're seeing Anchorman 2, at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to see some stuff next week. Yeah. Anchorman 2 will be the big one, for sure. Um, Bree, thanks for stopping yeah, by. Thank, we appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me that again. That was cool. Oh, anytime. Until next week. <coughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, oh, wait. Sorry. One last thing. Oh, fuck. No, 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 no. Oh, no, this is a big deal. Um, Not a big it's deal. Still, no, it's still only a couple of weeks until our film explosion. Um, so, oh, that's right. Yeah. Send in um, your like number one picks for movies or send in a top five or a top ten list. Um, we're going to have some really cool stuff to give away. Some really, really, really cool stuff to give away. Um, plus, we'll read them and talk about them on the air and... Um, it'll be really fun. fun. It's That's always in two weeks. Yeah, it's always a really fun, uh, fun little celebration of 2013. So cool. be sure to be here yeah. and check. Film Explosion 2013. Yeah, cool. Bye, bye. See it. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6NERDS5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Test 1-2. I was somewhere in Mordor trying to make it to Ryan's house. And I was losing all my memory. Test one. <laughs> Especially during the holidays. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Think yes, about yes. Christmas, Christmas presents you're going to get on Amazon, all the stuff you're going to buy for yourself. <coughs> uh, yeah. Take out some of your homes. I ended up buying a Kindle Fire HDX a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah? How is yeah. it? I like it. Yeah? It's, it's uh, sleeker than the other one. Um, went back and started watching uh, 
The Walking Dead again. Uh, oh, yeah? se- 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 not starting from season one, but season two. Yeah. And uh, actually watching it again, there's like different parts I didn't, you know, pick up on the first time around. So I think I'm going to watch the whole series of The Walking Dead again. And I, I want to find a way to get those black and white episodes that they said were that played on TV. Um, I don't think those are available streaming. Yeah. They're definitely not available streaming. I have the collector's edition of the first season. And it has the pilot on black and white. Okay, cool. I can lend you a, a, a trick yeah. that Brad taught us. Um, because he took the time to watch all of the Dark Knight trilogy in black and white. Right. Simply by turning the color down on his TV. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you could try that. All right. <laughs> it, it, it won't look quite as good. Right. Um but it'll certainly be black and white. Yeah. I know um, there was a time, I forgot, uh, it was what, during Halloween or whatever when they were showing The, uh, the Walking Dead in black and white. They did. I mean, there might be a time when they release them all, you yeah. know? Um, I, I think there's only, because isn't there only the first one that's on that's in black and white on the discs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people aren't even aware of the web episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never really watched those. Because I, um, I, I only bought, I have the special edition of season two. But I don't have any of the other seasons. But you know the web episodes are on there, yeah. and um, yeah. I haven't, I didn't, I haven't caught all of them. But I watched most of the ones of season two. It's a real shame. I think I have, I yeah, I have all three seasons of that on 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 Blu-ray. Right. I don't think I've actually watched them. Right. I don't think I've ever actually touched those discs, and it's it's really a shame because I, I think I would, I would benefit as a viewer of that show from having right. seen those that that those first couple seasons a second time mm-hmm. so but anyway we're uh we're ready to go here right all right you're ready to go